Welcome to another episode of the Middle West Podcast. I'm your host, Thaqib Musa. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you all. I'm joined by my guest host for the first time, Hamda Muhammad from Birmingham. Hello, hello. Um, Hamda is a third-year law student. She is part of Mab Youth in Birmingham. Um, and Hamda, do you want to tell us something funny about yourself? No? Oh, just, no, I'll don't put me on the spot, spot like reason. this. Why? Okay, let me, this is, I think it's, I think it's funny. I got lost in a desert once while... Yeah, I got to the edge of my village and I just saw the Ethiopian like the desert in front of me and I was like, I'm turning back around. I hope that's funny. That sounds almost murderous, but you know, you could that have died. No, it was the desert. <laughs> um... I'm, I'm going to laugh about it. It was funny. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we're joined by um, our guest today um, speaking uh, about, well, all things generally. Uh, but in particular, we're going to talk today about the BLM movements, the George Floyd protests in the US. Uh, we're joined by the president of the National Union of Students, which is actually one of her many titles, um, including various other things in a previous life, uh, student uh, officer at the uh, University of Salford. Um, and interestingly, your bachelor's degree was in finance. So Zamzam Ibrahim, alaikum. thank you very much for joining us. Alaikum salam. I really thought you were going to go through my entire list then. Um, uh, yeah, I could. You should. I, I think the, your list like, is definitely long enough. I didn't. I didn't want you to make you feel too awkward. We try to be um, nice to our guests. We like that humble, humble. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Um, but but the other thing is that you know we're not. Um, we try to be nice to you because we're not actually paying you. Um, but one day, one day we'll get to that point. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah. So um, I think before we get into the meat of the topic, I wanted to ask a little bit about your background personally. Um, so what kind of, I mean, your, your bachelor's is in finance. This is something I ask a lot of our guests is that what mm-hmm. I found is that a lot of people start with one degree and that's supposed to set them on a trajectory and then they go off in a completely other direction. So you've been with NUS for four years in various capacities now, I think. Yeah. And how, how did that years. happen? How did this segue kind of happen? Um, I don't know. I, I, think, it, I think it happened th- through like just like different streams of 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 things happening and just me being angry and wanting to change um like different issues that i saw and yeah it's kind of like i think one thing just led to another like it's i mean interesting enough like i think being a black muslim woman sometimes like you just have to you just find yourself in situations where you just like there are issues that you just want to change and then, and, then, and, and you don't really see anybody that looks like you or um, understands your experiences that can actually do what you, what you need to, uh, to see, be, uh, see done. And I think for me, it was just a case of like, um, if nobody's going to do it, I can. So, and yeah, I think, I think it kind of just led me down this route, but yeah, I did accounting and finance and um, I'm just a logical person. I love maths. And the only reason I did accounting and finance isn't because I cared for accounting or finance or I wanted to be an accountant. It was just because I had no idea what to pick when I was going to uni. <laughs> um, but I knew I had to go to uni. Um, I don't know if Hamza can relate, but my parents were yeah. like, you're, you're, you're going to uni. You have this much time to pick or we pick for you. And so I chose accounting and finance because I enjoyed doing maths. That is genuinely the real reason I did it. And so I knew at the end of it, actually, that at some point I was going to have to figure out what I really want to do um so yeah and I, th- I think everything else just kind of worked out do you see this as something long term or do you think NUS is like a little break from your um you know corporate lifestyle because no matter where you go actually you'll be uh, a trailblazer in whatever direction you go in because even in, in accounting and finance especially if you look at like city firms and things like that um how many people of your background or who look like you are there actually um out there so you'll be a trailblazer anyway so do you think this is your kind of stint into NUS and then you're going to go become a corporate lawyer or a corporate financial analyst or something and make the big money. She's going to crack out her superwoman. Like just, be like, just chase the money now. Just be like, spent, spent, spent the last five years of my life calling out corporates and then just become one. Um, no, I don't think so. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think what I've like learnt from the last five years of my life is that um like I love and I enjoy like campaigning and love organizing um and like I love change make work and and I just like yeah there's there's a lot of work that needs to be that that needs to happen in the corporate world but I don't have the energy for that because it's just a whole beast by itself and um so yeah I think I think for me like it kind of this I guess segue 
into a different thing because I really did think it was going to be at some point like it was going to be because um, when I first ran for president at my union I was it was it was actually a placement year like I did it yeah. because I needed a placement that was genuinely the real reason I I, I did it because it's only it's only way I convinced my parents as well to take a year out of my degree um and then it just turned out there's something completely different and something that I've just loved and enjoyed um and it's just meaningful work like you know what I mean at the end of the day like I feel like I've I've done something with the last five years of my life like I feel like it's meant something um and I don't think I can ever go to like and do a nine to five in an in a in the corporate world coming back at the end of the day feeling like all you I'm did was push papers problem. yeah exactly exactly yeah so I actually want to go back on a point that you made uh, earlier in in Thaqib's question we said you felt angry and you needed to sort of see the change because you weren't seeing it being already done uh, in the real world I think how does that then relate to sort of getting things done when people are placing barriers is that does that cause even more anger or is it just more like you're in my way please get out of my way now <laughs> I mean I think honestly the, the thing is with with like I guess barriers that come in your way you don't see them until like you you get to that point and you're like oh okay um but I don't know I, I mean for me like the way in which I was raised is like and I think maybe it's because of my having migrant parents and like the, the, the survival mentality, it was constantly like, just keep fighting. Like, um, don't let anything knock you. And, um, and like just to tolerate a lot of things actually, just to like, don't, don't kick up a fuss about things. Um, just keep, like, just, just keep going. Um, but then when I went to university, um, I, w- I became a student rep and my job was to like, call out issues that existed on my course and I took that job pretty serious because the idea of paying nine thousand pounds you know for like um and and not to have like whatever needs we needed met um to me was like a little bit ridiculous so I was given a little bit of power to do that and I and I really enjoyed um that like level of like solving issues but then I think for me then I like learned that the little issues that you're solving in your class isn't actually the real like issues that that we need solving um, in terms of in terms of like the experience that young Muslims have um, when they go to university, like and or because um, I remember like there was so many Muslims on my campus, but like there wasn't any halal food, and and I was like confused as to like why that is, and and it was just because nobody has ever really raised it in in, in the students' union, right? Nobody nobody thought to put this on the agenda, put, pass policy to make sure that the union provides it. And like, so to me, it was like so many easy things that could be done that would change my experience had I started at that year. Um, and so, it, yeah, it kind of becomes a, a part of like, these are things that can easily be done. Um, you just know, you just need to know how to navigate it um, and, 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 and like what to do. And I think for me, like it was, it was like that, those slow, 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 slow things that kind of now led me to guess um, being able to like on my um, platform now, like, work on like national policy to lobby government um, and meet with ministers when um to ensure that they include um students um but not like not just like you know your your average traditional student that, that we talk about like but i'm talking about a student that looks like me right that um would is going to go to university and is going to and, and is going to go through institutional barriers um and issues like how do we solve that how do how do we how do we make sure that their experience is is better than mine at least um because it's i mean it's not going to be perfect now is it but there's it's a long it's a long at least fight. you've made some change yeah exactly absolutely mm-hmm. so i think in the last maybe um and again i can only speak from how i've seen it, in the past five seven years there's been a big change at least on the nus level so there's been a coordinated kind of it almost seems like the um there was almost a, an awakening so a lot of muslim students have been galvanized to actually um, speak up and go out there and take positions and I think you were kind of part and parcel of that movement and pulling people um, mm. upwards um, but what what happens what happens next so you're I think on a student politics level I don't know if there's any anywhere else you can go your writing policy on a national level um, mm. what what do you see as kind of the next steps or um, like do you ever feel like um, you know we've made all this effort you've been working on for five, six years, literally since your degree on this. And then actually a lot of these problems still exist out there. A lot of people are saying that, Oh, you know, now we have this or, you know, Obama's president. So therefore, but that's not true. Racism still exists. Um, So 
does it almost what what do you see happening next I mean, for me, like, I mean, actually, my term's coming to an end. Um, but I think one, like, the, I think one of the most important things to recognise is for anybody on, on a position of privilege or, like, a platform is that it's never really about you, right? It's about what comes next after you um, and how you continue. Because I think for me, the real success of the work that I've done will really come after I've gone it will come it will be the like what's carried on it'll be what my successor works on and 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 does um and and like with the vision maintained because like you can't like change isn't about this very moment right um it's like it's that famous saying like this isn't about a moment it's about a movement um and so essentially like there is so much work that needs to happen and you you're you're like you're I'm, I'm almost a small cog in that um to, to keep it running for for the little time that i'm here um because the reality is like yes like there has been organizations like the muslim leadership foundation who was like instrumental in in in, in recruiting and training up young muslims to um like running their student unions to train them when they start their roles as student officers um like those that's why we've suddenly had like a rise of of, of young muslims in in positions in student unions but I guess it goes beyond that. It, it, it's all about, it's about what the work that they do. Like um, I've like always said, I, cu- I couldn't care less about black and brown faces in high places. It's about what they bring to that change and, 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 and how they implement um, the change that we really need to see. Cause that's far more important than um, for representation. Um, yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting point because what I've noticed being in my final year of uni anyway is that once you're in uni you sort of get stuck in this little echo chamber of like Mm. changing what can be sort of seen within your own student body within that particular group or within that particular um like cohort how have you then managed to sort of break free from that echo chamber or if you haven't then how can people do that who are in like the institutions of education already uh now um can you reframe that because i think yeah of course like you get stuck in like the echo chamber of like university so like for example you're like campaigning for like a certain thing but then after you finish your degree or after you've done your campaigning how do you then sort of just stop talking about that one thing where nobody really listens to you anymore and you're just just screaming at your own voice and your own whatever you call it yeah okay i see what you mean i think i think like i think it goes beyond wrecking like the thing is, right, when you are at university, like say you're campaigning about something that you have an issue with, right? I don't know, be it the um, the sizes of your classrooms, right? Say like you're, there's like 200 people in, in one classroom, you're not getting the support that you need, right? Like that's an issue that you find as a student when you're there. I think it really comes back to understanding the root of like why that's happening, right? So for example, the reason that's probably happening is because universities are like overloading academics with like, um, and, and not recruiting enough academics. Why is that happening? Probably because um, of, of the funding system in which the universities exist in, right? Um, and actually, why is, your, why is your academic not getting back to you? Probably because they're on a casualized contract and therefore can't, don't, don't have the capacity or time to be able to deal with the workload that they've been given. Um, and then actually where, where does that underlying issue lie? It, it comes from the government. It comes from, from years of, of, of funding. It comes from um, lack of, of, of regulations. Um, like, you know, I think, so I think for me, it's kind of like, it always goes back to like understanding where the root issue is, right? Because like, there's like, for me, everything, everything that anybody has an issue with, like I, I do a lot of like, um, training for like like activists and 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 um and I'm like you can campaign on anything like tell me what like angers you um and I will I will tell you um how to campaign on that but like also understand that that always roots back to something right so when you leave university right those um issues that were directly linked to your university um experience exist and will play out in your community right um and it goes and it goes wider than the whole like oh well, your children will one day go to university you will still have that debt like it, it play it quite literally plays out in your community it plays out um in in wider society in in, in the type of people that we have in our institutions and in, in our in like that run our country um and so i think for me like it like if you if you see something through a a tunnel like through a hole you're always gonna seclude it to that hole um, but what you really need to do is constantly just ask like, but why is this? But why is that? And just go wider and wider and wider to understand. I actually love that. That's a really cool 
framework of just looking at the bigger picture of things. Yeah, always, um, always. I, I like what you you said before, um, position of privilege. So basically the fact that you're president, you have this platform or the fact that you've been in politics and have this platform um, or that you're a great public speaker and uh, that gives you a certain kind of um, type of privilege. And I think this is... Um, something that's been in discussion a lot recently mm. in terms of uh, I know we talked about kind of the the kind of token brown people getting into or uh, BAME yeah. people getting into positions of um, of authority but also in terms of a lot of people are saying that um, and we've seen manifestations of, uh, of privilege in things like um, of uh, COVID-19 for example where coronavirus has disproportionately affected BAME communities and a lot of people are trying to pin this or a lot of media outlets are trying to pin this on it's because they don't listen to instructions or it's because they've been out at these protests so that's going to be the newest thing that we're um, that, that people have started to pick up on whereas the reality is actually there's a lot more structural factors the fact that maybe they uh, tend to live in cramp, more cramped conditions or they tend to work uh, those care work or essential frontline worker jobs um, it tends to be that they have less access to healthcare anyway going uh, going into the, the crisis so they get impacted disproportionately so how does this kind of um, point of privilege play out in a the conversations you're having but be the communities that you engage with um predominantly on a student level yeah i mean i think i think first of all like to unpack this narrative about um like the the reason as to like almost excuse um black and brown death um and 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 but actually but all other death is actually the fault of of, of the, the the government and, and the institution but um when it comes to black and brown death it's actually our own faults i mean that has itself like very um colonial roots and like there's the, there's a reason why the um the press like pedal that mentality right because actually like to, to, to a lot of us um the death of black and brown people is something that we see and has been normalized um, like across um, our, our media right um, it's something that you see like you can't go on twitter without seeing something um, happening right With, without seeing a black person or a brown person either dead hurt um, or being verbally or, or, or abused in, in some form like we constantly see that like that's that's just become normalized to us um, and i think for me that's that's actually that's strategically done that's purposefully done um to um to essentially almost make that okay for the british public right um and so like what there's like the report essentially that came that that came out that's um which i believe is so incredibly watered down um because obviously it came out during like this um protest the black lives matter protest that's currently happening um what what that report essentially sh shows even even in its watered down format is that um that black and brown people are dying disproportionately despite despite the fact that um um despite the fact that they have um they're 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 they're, they're, they're that like if, like compared to essentially like their communities right like and 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 this is like taking away the excuses of the fact that like um black and brown people um because they come from the uh, this um advantaged backgrounds are living in 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 like um in I've been speaking so much Somali today that my English is like absolutely oh, gone. I uh, hundred <laughs> percent relate to that. You've got you've got a Somali word on the tip of your tongue right now. I, I do. I mean, if we we could switch this to Somali, if you like. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to stay quiet. <laughs> no, but um, on an over I guess overcrowded housing is the word I'm looking for. Um, and so actually, like, like t despite taking out taking out all those like excuses that have been given to us like um about they they what they they disproportionately work in frontline um, um in in frontline roles and etc etc like actually there's the issue is so much wider than that um like we know from um reports that have come out of the health services that um black and brown people are less likely to be seen um and and are all the issues and and health concerns taken seriously when they go to the hospital um and so like actually this is like a systematic issue that's existed for for so long and for me to bound that to um the black lives matter movement protests which which have which didn't start that long ago in terms of like protests in the uk um is actually just ludicrous um it's ridiculous um and it's all it's doing is essentially um putting blame on our, our own deaths um which is essentially like caused by the state 
um, on us and like and 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 just quite literally rehashing black on black crime um, in 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 a different format. That's that's literally what it's doing. I think one thing that I found really interesting was, I mean. BLM has been such a huge thing that's happening. Like it's literally gripped the entirety of the U.S. Um, to its core. It's shaken. Like there's protests mm-hmm. in every single state. Yeah. Um, I I get notifications on my phone from from few of the, and actually few of them are left leaning um, newspapers. And actually the notification I got yesterday um, was front page article: Madeleine McCann proven to be death. And it's like that was one person in a case that's been open since 2007. Not that it's not important, mm. but is that frontline news compared to what's happening in the US, which um, I think there there seems to be a kind of, I, I don't want to say a concerted effort, but it seems almost like a like an impression from, from the media that actually that's happening over there. That doesn't happen in the UK. Like police brutality is a problem in the US. It's not a problem in the UK, which, which my, my understanding is not true. No, absolutely not. Not true at all. I mean, like Black Lives Matter, um, like the, the entire movement was was founded off um, a death, right? And like to, back in two thousand and thirteen, I believe it was, and and so like it. And there's been protests that's happened again and again and again when people have died. Um, and so, to be honest, like George Floyd's death um, isn't the only death. In fact, there's been deaths here in the UK since. Um, and so, I think it's like I think. First of all, the narrative that like the, the the deaths happen in the UK in the US alone is is absolutely false, right? Um, I mean, like there was there was the death of Marzi Mohammed that of, uh, in Liverpool um, where he was um, essentially killed by police. Um, there has been um, Sean Rigg, whose case is quite literally similar um, to the death of uh, George Floyd. Actually, his last words were, "I can't breathe." Um, and so, like, actually, like, Mark Duggan, there's so many names that come to mind. Um, and for years, these, the, the, there's been campaigns that have, like, that, that have drove home, like, the, the, the issues of police brutality in the UK itself. Um, and I think, like, the US is, of course, such a bigger scale. Um, but the idea that we're alone um, in like the U.S. is alone in 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 in, in that in that issue in that in that systematic racism is is completely false, um, and all it's doing is essentially neg- negating um, from its history, like the U- the U.K.'s systematic history of state violence, um, and so like all like for me all I've done um, in in this current space is first of all like I think it's important that we show solidarity with the U.S. Um, and especially in their fight to um, to persecute the killers of George Floyd um, and to push and support them in, in the work that they're doing to, um, to really, um, cause it, to, to, re- to really like hold police officers to account because there are um, thousands of cases in which police officers are yet to be persecuted. Um, and furthermore um, to lose their jobs, there are police officers that have killed that have taken lives or are still in their jobs. Um, but I think for me, like, like the, the, the story of like Sarah Reed, for example, that, to me is like a heartbreaking story and that's here very like this is on our front that's uh, doorstep like here in the uk um and those are stories that people in the uk really need to know that's that's stories that like we need to learn about and we need to understand um especially like um these communities now that are coming out and are showing solidarity like we've seen all over social media like everybody's put a black tile up everybody is like tweeting black lives matter but to me you don't understand black lives matter um, if you're not actively learning about what Black Lives Matter means and um, the role that you play in challenging um, institutional racism, in challenging state violence, um, and you can't challenge something if you don't understand it. And so there's a, there's there's a um, there's a whole thing of like and, and and I put a thread out on social media being like like don't message me saying are you okay in these difficult times. Go and educate yourself and learn about why I'm so angry and so upset. Um, because that's like that's all I'm getting. I'm getting the, my friends um, and colleagues, and I use the word friends lightly, um, but just just like messaging me, being like, "I hope you're okay." Difficult times, um, and like not really understanding. Because t- today they'll tweet Black Lives Matter, um, and tomorrow they'll just be like back on their on their normal stuff, um, or go to a protest and take uh, and, and 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 put something up. And it's not like for, like the reality is like for myself and for Hamda, like this is not. 
it's not a ha- it's not a hashtag trend like it's like our very existence is resistance like and 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 to, and i think like for many of like especially the muslim community and and and, and like seeing it on social media and like people um coming out and 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 um who i've had um who, who i've had like run-ins in the past in terms of like um t- like um calling out the anti-blackness um for me it's like really important to to recognize that like actually like you will never understand um the experience and the pain and the struggle and how deep it runs it runs 400 um years deep and and, and even longer longer than that and i think like this it's not something that we can sit down and explain and and, and none of us should have the emotional like shouldn't need to explain you know what i mean like like google it it's so easy <laughs> it's not hard to like educate yourself now like there are so many so many free resources available um um there's so many like there's so many films to watch there's so many podcasts to listen to um but if you're not willing to do that then you're a part of the problem and like you should really just recognize that and understand that um so for me like it's kind of been a, a whole thing of like i feel like i'm talking a lot by the way so you know I, mean, I am I am literally like to saying, oh my God, I agree 100%, um, only because the, since uh, George Floyd's death, I think his one affected me more than every, every other one, every other American death and every other British death for some reason. Because I think it's the, as you said, it's the trauma. It is the suppressed emotion that we've just been putting aside as African, uh, African-American or even like a part of the African diaspora yeah. that our very existence to other people is a threat and our very pleas to other people are sort of silenced and sort of brushed aside yeah. and I felt like this is why his particular death has been a catalyst and why there's been so much uproar let's say whether it is just on the surface shallow um, support with the hashtag or whether it is a genuine sincerity to learn more yeah. about what is going on with the black community but I think something that I was going through in my research and in my own unpacking of this trauma was how that we have never once put a name to the the suffering that we have suffered as, as a African diaspora was like post um, like American slave trade. Mm. And it came across this and I'm going to put it in a question before I rant too much is that there's such a thing as um, there's post-traumatic slave syndrome and how even after the slave uh, slavery has ended, not once did we get any help in talking about it. We went straight to more trauma and we were freed and then we went straight to more trauma. And then we were sort of given more rights and then it became institutional racism and systemic racism that then oppressed us then now that's manifested in COVID-19. So I'm just then saying is, why is it that Britain specifically is denying wholeheartedly and turning its face away from the fact that it's played a vital role in the trauma to black lives in the UK and in America. Um, I mean, it's interesting, like that you say that because I don't. I, I mean, I'd I'd argue that um, I'd argue that we would never actually be freed, um, and I think yeah. that, and I think that that, that we are in agreement of. Yeah, 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 and I, I just think like there is a mentality, um, which is like, like, like often like we're, I guess how can I unpack this in terms of we're a product of our environment, um, and we are like for us, I've, I've like, I was born in Sweden, but I've spent most of my life in the UK, um, and I guess to a certain extent I replicate, um what i've what i've seen in society around me right that 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 those behaviors are normalized to me to the extent that um i a black woman is anti-black in 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 a sense that i mean like i mean i could talk about like i can i can tell you loads of incidents in in like where i've like realized about my mentality and like why i think like that and 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 really trying to unpack it you're saying when you say certain things people accuse you of being anti-black even though you're a black woman no what i'm saying is um like all, we're all a, we're a product of our society right like where we're living in a society that essentially upholds um white supremacist views right that's the reality okay. right and so even me as a black woman who's who's grown up here um and just has essentially absorbed everything around me um can be anti-black yeah. um and like because the thing is the reality is like we all have a lot of unlearning to do um just because there's a lot of things 
there's there's so much that we don't know that we that we're doing like there's just like the whole the whole concept of unconscious biases uh, unconscious bias like i remember i worked um with a for a particular muslim charity and we did this um this 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 challenge right um and it was like the word association thing in terms of like what is the first thing that comes to your like mind when i give you a word right um and like bearing in mind all of us are muslim and we were giving like loads of different random questions and they were like really like unserious questions like ice cream what comes to mind beach da, 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 da. um and they said muslim and every single one of us are terrorists um and and that wasn't because we think muslims are terrorists not a single one of us do but it was because that's what media has taught us right like like i think it's important to understand like that when you're drip fed something for so long and that's all you see um like even you yourself as unconsciously will bury that information um and it really takes a lot for you to 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 to, to bring that out and i think um uh, for me that was like a really interesting and, and important learning point to be like um that even i was resp- like i guess to somewhat and this is not to excuse by the way like um like any any form of like racism and, and discrimination that exists in our society and like um but it's to actually just understand like where that comes from and like to understand like where our mentality um um in terms of like being um like agents in in, in essentially in this in this world um that comes from and like where those behaviors are learned from Mm-hmm. I think you touched upon how there's media coverage in terms of like the the, the words and the way that the narr- the media portrays a certain narrative. Going g- going with that particular framework, then how do you think that the media's coverage of the BLM movement in America has sort of portrayed our struggle, whether yeah. it's positive or whether it is negative? I mean, it hasn't been positive. Like in in, in most streams, it hasn't been positive. Um, they've been referred to looters, and they've been referred to like rioters, and um, and there's been a question of like you're destroying your communities um, rather than really understanding why they're angry and and why they are um, burning <laughs> burning um, things down to the ground. Um, and I think for me, like that is almost i guess expected when from from this from from this media from this press um it's something that we've seen um here in the uk like how um our press has like like i mean a, a, a simple example that and like we're all familiar with is how the press um treated kate middleton right when um she was compared to um rachel and i think that to me is um did I say Rachel? What was it? Because she's Rachel. Rachel and I was thinking about it that I, I couldn't remember her name Rachel. either. Her name Megan Markle. Megan. But she's, she's Rachel, Rachel Zane in Suits. Yeah. Oh my Meghan God. Markle. I refer to her as Rachel. Yeah. Love but, that. No. But, that's, but that's the point of like, she reached the highest point of privilege that you could, like she was a royal. Like she's literally a princess. Mm, and, yeah. and yet she still hasn't escaped. Um, exactly. And I think, and like to, the, the, the media like completely, completely annihilated it to the point that she like her and her husband completely stepped away from from their duties and i think like and they then did, they were blamed they, yeah exactly and i think um if that doesn't indicate to you like how racist you know like how ra- like somebody made a joke the other day being like um they really they really came for megan and she's barely black right because the reality is megan is white passing to a certain extent and so um like the the like that shows you how racist and how nasty our media is um because like even the us wasn't isn't capable of that kind of um um like press um and it's something that like she spoke about when she when she left she she, she said i didn't i had no idea um what i was signing up to i thought I'd, i like I, I i thought i knew what i was going to expect but the u the the uk press is the nastiest piece of work um and and it's true they are Mm-hmm. I think what I've noticed about the media coverage is how in in Britain, when I've been on Twitter, the British sort of um, racism has been called this sort of like oh, undercover over, like you don't really even see it and how it's sometimes really gaslighting in essence because it throws it back in your face and makes you feel like you're the one that's crazy. But in America, it's so obvious 
that you can't really deny that it's there. And I think that's why there's such a, a stark contrast, in my opinion, in the way that they portray uh, the narratives. But in the same instance, it's like, why is it then that as, as, a, as a black community or even the BLM movement, that it's so demonized without having understood the, the causes like you said before like there's no understanding of that and there's no room for people who watch the BBC or watch mainstream media to then go and google things like why is it that people are looting their own like communities using yeah. that word loosely yeah I, I don't know I think I think the UK is different context simply simply because the the divide and conquer mentality that was used to destroy our homes or lands um is still very prevalent today right and so when we talk and and i say that when we talk about like um for example the muslim community right like a community that we're all a part of um like there are they exist in their own silos you know you have like the the pakistani community doing a little thing here um you have the Somali community doing a little thing here and like they all exist in their different silos and um and so there isn't like there's like we we really like have gotten to a point where um and it, and i and i th- and i genuinely believe this is systematically done right to divide us because if we all come together right like think about like um some of the most successful anti-racist campaigns in the uk um this is when they all organized under the term black this is when um like the very few people of color that existed um, which was um, predominantly the Pakistani and the Indian community, um, but also there was like loads of 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 of, of uh, backgrounds from the Jamaica community, um, and um, so there were Somalians here um, from specifically Somaliland, um, and those people banded together and worked together under one common cause. Right? They were like any form of injustice affects us all, right? Um, and they really understood that, and I think. Um, what we've what we've done, and, I, and 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 what I'm seeing more and more, which is really disheartening, is that we are um, separating injustices and being like, well, this only affects um, black people, um, so I'm gonna stay quiet right now. Um, and when it but when it's a Muslim issue, don't worry, B, I'm there. <laughs> and like, I got you back. Yeah, and it's just, do you know what? And like, and I don't know if you've ever had this, right? I've been asked the question of like, um, and quite serious question of like um well this isn't well this isn't a muslim issue well how wait how does um how does the muslim community help and and like relate to the black lives Matter movement and i thought Come again. black muslims exist you know like that's not like it, like why why are the two like the whole the whole framing of that question and like to think that that's an absolutely fine question to ask and i think for me um it's like it's yeah if, if for me it's just completely baffling right and like the, the anti-blackness within the muslim community is like such a huge issue um and like i'm not saying it exists in in its in its own bubble like of course um it exists in like wider society um but often like um what, what pains me is when um our religion our, our, our perfect islam is perfect like muslims are not but islam is perfect our religion is used to mask that um that racism um, that anti-blackness, um, and and I think for me that that's like that's something that like where I, that's where I draw the line. That's when that's when I kick off um, at some uh, at some points. Um, but yeah, so I think for, for for me there's a lot of there's a lot of um, work that needs to happen within the Muslim community. But I guess with with, with as a community as as people of color as a whole, right, to be able to band together, understand um, like why we need to like why why us why our fight is your fight and your fight is my fight um and like the the two the two have the same like oppressor you know what i mean there is mm-hmm. there is no like why are we um differentiating between these two issues because the only person that benefits from us differentiating between our issues and our experiences um the rather oppressor. than banding together is the oppressor so um it's that divine and conquer, conquer mentality right like that's technically winning um mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I often find myself um, just honestly going back and forth about that very conversation. Well, I think I, then I would... Go ahead. No, no, sorry, you go ahead. I was just going to say then, do you think that this, this particular BLM movement in, in, in this context is going to maybe create the possibility for us to start banding together? 
because of the fact that there's been so many outcries of like we stand in solidarity with you and how can this have happened and things like that do you think we're moving in the right direction about having and starting those conversations or do you feel like in some instances it might just start to die down after this because there's going to be other problems that are going to take precedent um i don't know i mean i hope so because obviously there's been a lot of like um I th- do you know what i think um the lockdown has like people are at home um and a lot of people are furloughed um and like lockdown has actually provided people to just sit down and read things and to understand um and like it was the first time i've seen um because like there's been like, these processes have happened before but it was the first time that i'd seen um people of color and white people um staying muted and not talking about anything and just reading and sharing um what other black people are, are putting out and I think that was really 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 important um so I'd, I'd like to hope that there is change but i think um the only way you're gonna get change is for people to become uncomfortable with like being mm-hmm. able to identify their own failures and their own um biases um and like just being okay with that you know like um the problem like you're not you're not a problem until you refuse to tackle it right yeah and so one one of the things i've seen this time and i think you mentioned it about in terms of people getting um like some of the questions are just not on and there's a frustration that actually every time these protests happen the same questions come up is that you know oh but does privilege really oh but does it oh but this and 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 i think one of the things you said is educate yourself and i think um there's a bit more of uh, on social media where people seem to be just kind of sick and tired of this where they're just saying that stop asking the stupid questions and i think that's where sharing kind of old content that or even content that like black uh black people have put out um and sharing that has been quite mm. useful in terms of th- these are not new conversations right that that people are having like you come up with this idea of oh no but you know white privilege doesn't exist in this place therefore it's like that's not something that you're like the first person ever to come up with this is something people have been talking about banging on about for ages yeah no absolutely and i think like there and honestly like the same message goes out every time right like read and like understand how you can tackle how you can um call out injustice in, in 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 your field but um and so like i think i think that the hope is because like now for me like i mean being a part like being a climate activist and like being a part of like the students rights um like to me there's like a the hope really lies of like young people being able to understand that and learn that and 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 um them being able to unpick that because at the end of the day like um those like like us as young people are like the future um and so i care less about what an ignorant grandfather or uncle thinks um mm-hmm. right now um but more about like how young kids are thinking and what they have access to um and like one of the things like i've seen that's actually incredible is like how um accessible um like literature has has become to like um to to access and to understand um and like just to decipher um and so yeah i think i think that's there's um and there's so many innovative ways like i've seen tiktok videos that are really funny but also teach you about like um like just break down like how you could be an ally um or the role that you should play um to your um to the black community and so there's just so many different ways in which things information is being broken down and disseminated um so yeah i guess i can only be hopeful that things are going to change um and i guess there is some happiness in the fact that um the the george Floyd killer was prosecuted and um and so have the other police officers, the, the police officers are with them. So there was some hope there. Um, and I think it, I guess, like, do you know what? It's, it's like, it's, it's a long walk, right? It's like a, it's a, this is a, it's a really long journey. It's not, it's not something that's going to be achieved in my lifetime. Um, but it's, it's, it's almost like the only thing that gets you through it and get, like pushes you is to see those little small victories. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's a really deep comment that you said. It's not going to, we're not going to get there in your lifetime. Like your lifetime no. is like, you know, um, many many years left yeah. um, 70 80 years left um, so just to add to that like I saw a video I'm not sure if you guys saw it it was on Twitter it was it was three black dudes mm-hmm. um, one and two of them were screaming at each other one was for one was like in his like 45 one was 31 and and the 45 year old he was he was sort of really really angry because he's gone through 
everything else before. And the 31 would, one year old was saying to him, look, listen, I'm only a few years older than you. In your lifetime, it hasn't changed. In my lifetime, it hasn't changed. And then he brought a 16 year old and he was saying in his lifetime, it's not going to change either. And it just shows you how long this has been we've been fighting this and how long we've been having these conversations. So I completely agree with Simpson. It's not going to end in our lifetime because yeah. when we say educate yourself, education is not going to be in one, one hour long podcast or one hour long mm. video or one book. It doesn't stop there. It, it's years. Like pe- people who have PhDs in African studies and like all of this stuff have been doing it for like decades. And we're expecting people to unpack all the unconsciousness in like, the two week span that this protest movement has been going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the, I don't think the, the journey on like learning is, is to become an expert, right? Like I don't expect anybody no, to become an expert. Yeah. I'm not an expert. Um, but also at the same time, like when I say it won't end in my lifetime, I don't mean that there won't be changes made in my lifetime. Right. Cause, uh, cause like, I think understanding the, understanding the 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 the, the, the i guess the gravitas of the change that i want like I, i'm quite literally asking to burn down the entire system um that has existed since the the beginning of time um and to rebuild it in a, in a, in a fair and just way um and like i actually had an interesting conversation with my sister about this um when like she put something up about like um why is the black lives matter movement controversial um and and like for me it was like being able to explain that from the context, from the, from, the, from the aspect of it's controversial because as long as people profit and succeed from that system, um, then they're never going to want to change it. And it's our role to make them change it, right? Because we are essentially the, the, the majority fighting against the minority. Um, and so I think like for us, like, we play that role in like constantly um, pushing and, and, and challenging um the status quo and like that's what you do like you're you're slowly like i guess i guess like opening that door slightly a little bit more for the next person to come along and do the same and and it's 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 gonna take a very long time um but it's it's a struggle that we're committed to um Mm -hmm. it's a struggle that um that is incredibly important because i have to recognize the the work that was done to make sure that I have the privilege to be in the position that I am today um, and to live the life that I live right now. Um, and though it's not free, I'm injustice, right? Um, it's definitely um, a lot better and, 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 I, and I live and I um, am grateful for those small privileges that I have had in my life. Um, and I want to make sure that the generation that comes after me, my kids, um, my kids' kids like, live a better life um, filled with less injustice than mine. Mm. preach i think that's um that's really good and um i i think i think that's that's kind of a that point leads us to very nicely to kind of a a wrap-up question which is what what do you think are the takeaways that our listeners should take away especially those who are um who are kind of their allies they're not black people themselves um or they might be people of color who don't necessarily think and i think they're completely wrong in this but they don't think this is our problem uh which is something you hinted at before is a lot of people start asking the question oh but how does this relate to me um and a lot of muslims unfortunately ask the question that how is this a muslim problem which which um uh, which is ridiculous so what what are your kind of takeaway messages to those people i mean first of all like if you if you see yourself as an ally and you want to show and 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 you and you've been showing solidarity by going to marches um then you need to really understand like what an ally looks like um and and go and learn about why we're angry you know like just understand why this anger comes from and like for me i genuinely think if somebody genuinely goes and reads state violence then they understand how state violence also affects them if they're a person of color um if they're a person of a minority background if they're a person um from a disadvantaged background so um like at the end of the day like it's all it's all linked right so i think it's important to recognize that um being an ally is way more than like a, the hashtag it's way more than going to the protest taking taking a couple of selfies um and it's more it's way more than just retweeting your friend um and i think like what is that that famous um that famous quote that i don't know who said it one minute let me remember it was, um, I guess, regarded to the Holocaust, it was first they came 
Wait, let me try to find it. First they came and... First they came for the communists and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade union. Then they and came then... for the Catholics and I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. Then they came for me and by the time no one was left to speak up. Um, yeah. And to me that that is genuinely as powerful um, and as relevant, right? Because like we often pretend like... Um, that it isn't our problem, it isn't our issue until it comes back and does a full circle. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I think like we've all mentioned earlier, like it is our, it is our fight, it is our struggle. Um, and um, if you don't, if, if you don't, if you don't do something about it today, it will most definitely affect you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really powerful, I mean, there's been, there's been a number of very good sound bites and takeaways from this um so so really appreciate you kind of joining us um and i think it's been a it's been a very good conversation um we're planning to do a couple more episodes with other guests on this um to kind of unpack some specific issues deeper i think there was a lot more that we wanted to get to with you but hopefully we'll have you on for a future episode um to kind of discuss more about this stuff um i think i don't know which which are you very active on twitter i've seen your twitter is pretty um it's pretty active. Um, I also forgot to mention, actually, I saw this on your Twitter. It's your birthday today. Yes. Um, so, so happy birthday. I think, um, yeah, we get into these um, serious topics and forget the little things. Um, <laughs> but w- one of the things was, yeah, I think people can follow you on Twitter at ZamzamMCR. That's Z-A-M-Z-A-M-M-C-R. Yes, that's right. Um, you can follow us on at the Middle West PC. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at Middle West Podcast on Instagram. We're not on TikTok yet because um, we're not quite cool enough, but maybe we're getting there. Um, one day. Yeah, one day we'll get there. And you can email us with any feedback, ideas, uh, guest recommendations, what you liked about the podcast, what you didn't, podcast at themiddlewest.co.uk. You can also uh, leave engage with us on iTunes, on um, any other podcast platform, Anchor, etc., um, and you can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, uh, well, Apple Podcasts now, um, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, oh, wow, we're now everyone. releasing, but yeah, uh, we're we're pretty much everywhere. Um, and you can catch the video now on YouTube because um, some people like to watch watch their podcasts, which I find bizarre, but you know, um, you do you. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Zamzam. This has been a really nice episode um, and really enlightening. Um, Hopefully our listeners will find it the same. Um, And with that, uh, see you hopefully very soon with another episode of the Middle West podcast. Thank you.